0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Band vs. Artist podcast, and I'm Justin, and I'm here with my bandmates, Dylan and Patrick.
1: Hello. Hey,
0: we are in the Progressive Rock Experimental Rap Little Bit of Everything group, Process of Fusion, and this is our show where we basically get to hear other people's creative influences and just talk shop on what makes people tick, how they're entrepreneurs, in their craft and what they do and uh yeah we just like to have conversations that matter so dylan patrick what's up what do you think
1: uh i think this is gonna be a pretty good episode we have a really cool guest
0: we have sam sutherland of this exist youtube channel and a bunch of other great things which he'll tell you about as he tells us he's a man of Many stuffs.
1: Yeah. There's many we noted, stuffs. Just we noted we're doing this after it happened. It's a, it's a crazy time warp thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we traveled back. We went
1: to the future, saw the interview, came back. We, we listened to the interview. Now, this is the, uh, the intro. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So without further ado, here's the interview with Sam Sutherland. The Benverse Artist Podcast is powered by Kings of A&R. The number one source for tastemakers and music industry professionals looking to find the hottest and best artists on the scene now. Hey, this is Justin of Process of Fusion, and I'm here with Dylan and Patrick, and this is the Band vs. Artist podcast. Hello. Hello. And uh, today we are here with special guest Sam Sutherland, all the way from Canada. And, uh, I traveled
2: all this way, guys. I traveled all this way. <laughs> I traveled
0: all this way. Um, he is the host of YouTube show, This Exist. He is an author. He loves punk rock music and is in a punk band. And uh, he does a lot of other stuff. So, Sam, what are, what are these things that you do to, to uh, keep yourself occupied in this 2016 industry of everything?
2: Yeah, man, I'm just uh, you know trying to keep my hands busy with uh, like Idle Hands or the Devil's plaything. Is that the Devil's think, Play thing? That's right. It's, it's workshop close. Workshop,
3: I've heard. De- idle Hands the Devil's
0: Workshop, I've heard. Yeah, yeah there we go. That
3: Have yeah. <laughs> you guys seen the
2: movie Idle Hands with Devin Sawa?
0: I know Devin Sawa. Um,
2: so I think it was Devin Sawa. It was back with Devin Sawa. So anyway, it was a great movie about his hands getting like... Uh, taken over by demons or whatever. The Offspring plays a school dance. It's tr- truly fantastic. Oh, you know <laughs> what?
1: You know what?
0: I, I think I know this movie, and he's like in his living room on his couch and all this crazy stuff's happening in it, I think, in one part.
2: Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, I don't think I've seen it since high school, but I, <laughs> that, that's probably something that happens in the film Idle Hands.
0: That should be a This Exist episode, probably. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just, just talking about the film career of Devin Sawa, all the people that are like, Fifteen and watch the show will be like I have no idea what this is. Uh, so to answer your question, you just uh, what I do with my time in 2016 is like watch the movie Idle Hands. <laughs> just be like for, every
0: day for for everyone who doesn't know this is the guy. This is uh Stan from Eminem's music video. This that's is right. this yeah, is the yeah, crazy guy. The
2: kids still know Stan, right? Yeah, I think they still know Stan. So at the time, time jam. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So then, so to answer your question, yeah, let,
3: so
0: the answer <laughs> <laughs> this has been great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is so, anyway, thanks so much for your time, guys. I gotta go. Uh, this, yeah, so I run a YouTube channel called This Exists, uh, which is, you know, all of the kind of exploring the context and the history of sort of weird pieces of popular culture. So, you know, rebel rap in Cuba or, you know, the growing. Libertarian seasteading movement, or you know, how much black metal just sounds exactly like surf rock. Yeah, so, just you know, really that one. Just running the gamut on things, and then uh, you know, I also I have a full time job. I have a, I work for a, an agency here in Toronto, uh, where I'm from, where I've traveled from to be on this podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I play in a band. I used to write a lot more. I used to be an editor. To, national music magazine here in canada um but uh i sort of wrapped things up when i f- finished my first book a couple of years ago and have barely written since uh and i think that's i think that's like sort of the gist of it that's like how i spend my time
0: i think i think that's enough
2: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and you watch the movie idle hands so yeah all of that together is... yes, exactly <laughs>
2: You would imagine like obviously that takes up a lot of a lot of my time <laughs> so i basically never sleep i spend eight hours a night watching idol <laughs> so refreshes <I'm>
0: as- <laughs> so my my second question for you is and i definitely want to get this out of the way yeah uh, please giant killer shark the musical yeah. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we can we please to can me. we please talk about this I really—it's yeah, not even a question. I'm just telling you. Speak about this, so please. please.
2: <laughs> to deal with. Uh, yeah. So when I was in college, uh, I wrote a musical version of Jaws, uh, <laughs> called for for legal reasons, called Giant Killer Shark the Musical. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, we did it in Toronto. We did it uh, off off Broadway in New York. Uh, we did it in Winnipeg, which. Uh, you know, is actually an amazing city and has a great fringe festival. Uh, And we kind of performed it for about three years and it like, it helped, uh, it helped me pay for uh, college. Like I paid for college with musical money. Um, It was like my job and uh, it was an amazing experience. I did it with like, you know, a guy that I'm still in a band with. Uh, We learned to sing together in this, jaw's musical and uh and my wife was the stage manager uh but back before she was my wife so giant shark the musical has been nothing but good to me and um
0: uh i guess how like how did, how like what were you i i'm sure you i guess this was the movie you watched before idle hands so yes
2: yeah, so, yeah, but- before I was obsessed with Idle I was obsessed with Jaws. Yeah, it was just like, I grew up obsessed with the movie Jaws and with sharks in general. Like, you know, I was not an athletic kid. I was not into sports. I didn't get into music really until I was um, in like the seventh grade. And so like basically from the time I, you could be interested in things to, to the seventh grade, like all I cared about was sharks and had like a VHS dub of Jaws. And it was just like how I kind of lived. Yeah. At some point, I just decided to do this musical version of it, kind of like as a school project. I went to uh, I went to university for radio and television, so we had access to recording studios. And so, one you know, sort of spring or fall or whatever, I just like recorded this entire soundtrack to a musical that didn't exist yet. And then we ended up uh, in the Toronto Fringe Festival, and the whole thing kind of just took off from there.
1: That's really awesome. Yeah.
2: And would you ever... It's fun. It was like really one of the silliest things I've ever been a part of in my life. It's, uh, and, it, and it pops up from time to time. And it's it's truly surprising and very special to me every time it does.
0: <laughs> do you think you'd ever be able to do something like that again? Or was that... You feel like that was just one of those once-in-a-lifetime things that hit you and you ran with it and, you know, that's it now?
2: Yeah. I mean, we talked about trying to follow it up. Um with kind of the the core crew that had kind of worked on it for a few years. And uh, there was never just quite the right thing. It was this weirdly, like, innocent, you know, uh, kind of perfect little thing. And we started uh, trying to do maybe, like, short versions of it. Like, we were going to do other popular movies as, like, off-brand musicals. So we wrote a five-minute version of Fight Club called brawl bros <laughs> uh, which I honestly still think is one of the best titles I've ever come up with uh, but you know it was, by the time we got around to it we were all sort of like you know doing a lot of other work and it was kind of hard to find the thing that you thought would be perfect and it was such a great experience you kind of like don't want to go back to the same well twice and you know diminishing returns and all that
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel you I mean it, that's got to be hard to follow up <laughs> it's going to be hard to follow a no, giant really,
2: shark. No, man. There's no way. Like, it wasn't going any further than that. Uh, you know, so it was, I, I kind of always look back at that and feel very satisfied with sort of when it stopped and how it stopped and that I didn't try to go back and, like, recreate it to, to lesser effect.
1: It sounds like you, you made the, this, the decisions that the filmmakers of Jaws failed to do because there's just <laughs> way too many Jaws <laughs> movies and... Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's true. I, I tried to learn from their mistakes. Where I was like, Jaws 3D, like really? Although
0: <laughs> <know>. Kevin Bacon <laughs> is in it now. Oh boy,
2: I know. Oh, it's uh, there's a lot. Isn't there's a lot to love Queen's about later Jaws. Movie? Jaws two is probably the worst. And one. they have Sharknado uh, but, now. So. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, how do you feel about Sharknado?
2: You know what? <laughs> I, I'm very cynical about anything that's. Um, so deliberately campy. Like I think, you know, I love I love terrible films, but I want them to be like troll too, like unintentionally terrible and therefore sort of quite sublime and beautiful. So I was very skeptical about Sharknado, but I watched it once, you know, pretty late at night, probably like in a receptive state, so to speak. And, uh, and I was like, this is amazing, like this is, I thought it was so incredible i don't know it's the one of the only things i've seen that's like tried to be bad and actually still been funny and not just been kind of embarrassing so uh, i was in all right that works <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's talk about
0: uh, let's talk about your your punk band and why uh, anyway. i know you wrote a you wrote a book on it and and why does just punk music resonate uh, so much for you and you know what do you think of punk music now, the state of it, I guess. Sorry, that was, that was a bunch of questions. Pretty yeah, much man. Uh, punk rock. Talk, talk about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, just sort of like getting into music that wasn't, you know, Starlight Express or Cats or like the Beatles for the first time, You know the thing that like really kind of spoke to me was always punk, and at at that point it was like very mainstream punk. It was like what I heard on the radio, Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two and stuff. But what's so exciting is is that you kind of can dig a bit deeper from that, and you read the you know sleeve, and you see the thank yous, and you go find other bands that are maybe a little less popular. And uh, there's there's a fairly like immediate thing there where you kind of realize the the opportunity that exists in that space and the intimacy that exists in that space that you don't have in other genres you know that there's an accessibility to it and uh and and an energy to it that you just like does not exist in any other space it's like so wholly kind of unique there and so that was just the thing that I became obsessed with I was just sort of like what I lived you know was like listening to records and like reading magazines and reading zines and, like, going to shows and going to local shows. And, you know, that landscape is just so flattened. So, you know, the, it feels the same to, like, go see a band play in front of a few thousand people. It was more popular as it feels to, like, go and, and you know, see a band play, in, you know, in a basement in Brampton. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, that, that was just always the thing that really resonated with me and, and the politics of it and the, the anger of it. And at the time, it was straight edge. And so straight edge is... Tremendously appealing, I think, at that age, and obviously for some people who are older as well. Uh, and in terms of what I think about it now, like, I'm, I'm amazed by um, just the, the sort of sheer number of scenes that are accessible to people now. And, uh, you know, the, the, there's like amazing sort of super DIY uh, punk and hardcore stuff happening in Toronto Where I'm from and Like amazing bands And sort of uh, community run spaces Which is tough because it's a big city uh, And then I think that like You know The the big name stuff is like Still really good and fun Like I can't wait for the new Blink-182 record I can't you know uh, I can't wait for you know, The new modern baseball record It's still like you know Not quite as big as Blink-182 But I think everything is good And the internet just lets everyone connect So you know uh, Everyone can kind of thrive In their own weird little space
0: do you feel the need to um, defend pop punk, and and have and have pizza with your friends?
2: Yeah, no, that has never been the version of pop punk that I sort of ascribe to too much. Uh, I mean, I to be fair, like did eat pizza for dinner tonight. <laughs> it's like go for pizza because I had pizza like. Obviously, on a day previous to this, so it's a lot of pizza.
1: Well, I mean, you're uh, in New York with us, so you, of course you had New York pizza tonight. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I went to I went to v- Vinny's. I, went
0: to <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I'd say Vinny Tony's or something, and you'll you'll probably be right. There's there's at least five yeah, places. No. probably.
1: we took them to the real Ray's Pizza. The real, Ray's. <laughs> the
2: real, Ray's. yeah, real Ray's, right, Ray. <laughs> Thank you very much for letting me enjoy the real raising <laughs> The yes, original,
1: that's man. the, the real are from,
2: one. You guys are from Staten Island, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah so my my uh, my grandma's from Staten Island. Really? Wow. Uh, she she uh, she ended up having to drop out of high school when she was a kid uh, because her her father had sort of left the household, and so. She, she had to, like, take care of all the kids. And uh, so she never got her high school diploma. And then she turned 100. Oh, man. At this point, maybe five or six years ago, she turned 100. And so her high school in Staten Island, like, gave her her, uh, her high school diploma. And she was, like, on the front of the, like, I don't know what the sort of local Staten Island paper is, but she was on the front of, like, the community paper. And the stuff. So I have very positive feelings towards Staten Island. Oh, what, what, uh,
0: what high school, by the way?
2: You know what? I feel like I should look this up, right? Because like, you guys go, uh, uh, okay, I'll look this up. You, uh, you can, you can ask me whatever the next question is, and I'll like blurt out.
0: Uh, well, well, here's a good spot. Wait, what
2: were you saying? she went to? She went St. Peter's. Okay. Uh, Girls' high school. So you guys probably did not go there.
0: No, but we we do know of the school because. There's a there same, you go. Yeah. yeah. So we we do we do know the school. Do you, all right now. I'm sorry. Here's another question. Do you know what neighborhood she was from?
2: Oh, hold on. Uh, no, I do not. I do not know what part of Staten Island she was in. I remember one time I like saw her old house when I was uh, in New York, but uh,
0: hmm. chances are we've probably no. seen it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not very big here. I mean, we have the Wu Tang Clan. We have good pizza. We have a, yeah. a ferry, and, you know, that's about it. A lot of bros, like Guido bros. <laughs> we have a nice bridge.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've seen the <laughs> television bridge, shows.
0: <laughs> the Jersey Shore is really like the Staten Island shore. But, you know, it's it's awesome. fine.
2: So much to be proud of, man.
0: <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsors. Okay, so save it.
3: Microsoft Word. No, no. Oh, good start!
1: My computer won't work! <laughs> well, take it to Computer Sam NYC! This guy can fix anything! He'll fix a broken laptop, a broken computer, a broken cell phone, broken tablet, this guy even fixes beepers! Who knows they made beepers anymore! I didn't just listen to all these satisfied customers! My computer was broken, and all of a sudden, whoa, it's great again!
3: Robbie said the computer was broken and then we called what's his name? Sam, yeah, we called Sam and and now it's great again! Hi, this is Nicholas Cage. I was, uh, I wanted to tell everybody how great Computer Sam really is. My computer wasn't working and, uh, now it is. So that's
1: great. So remember, check Computersam.nyc for your computer needs.
0: I am recording again, so we're back live. Okay. Um, oh, they're they're passing the Sorry. phone back to, <laughs> to look at it. We're trying to find out everything. Appara- because apparently, the, apparently, this is, more, you. <laughs> this, this is more. interesting than than speaking to you. Apparently, for them.
1: I think it's just cool. It's a it's yeah. a small world. That's that, a real out of all crazy all you know, From connection. Toronto, yeah, out of all the places, yeah, Staten Island, New York, right? and if it's surreal for us because you know we've. It's just, you know.
0: Yeah, we usually don't get good shout-outs anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so. All right. Back, back to
0: the topic fine. at hand. Good. Um, how did the idea of This Exist come about, and what was it really supposed to be uh, before it took off? Because I remember when the, when the channel first started, and I didn't feel like you had, like, a... Expectation that it would turn into what it did. So I guess how did that all come about?
2: Yeah. So my my background is in uh, is in radio and television and stuff. Like for a while, I um, I worked at MTV here in Canada and I was like a host and a producer on MTV Live. Um, but I left because it was just like this sort of extremely corporate and not super fun and creative environment anymore. And so I went to work at this of newer uh media company here in canada called blue ant media and part of what they were doing was trying to uh like make a lot of original video on youtube and so it was really fun because we were just like at that time i was working with all my friends we were just making all this like super bonkers weird stuff trying to see what would hit and uh so this is this sort of came out of that and it came out of me sort of getting really into youtube for the first time and um finding stuff that I was really interested in for the first time beyond just like, I mean, I obviously use YouTube all the time for like music videos and and viral videos and stuff, but, you know, discovering things like idea channel, um, and Vsauce and, and, and that sort of like style of kind of like super, uh, entertaining, but super smart and, and very direct and not kind of dissimilar to stuff that I was always kind of trying to do when I was at MTV, uh, And so it started as a, as a, as a kind of work project and it kind of, you know, like everything, it hadn't really found an audience for a long time. So it was just sort of like a creative outlet. Um, And then I don't even remember like when, at this point, when it started blowing up, but it's weird because it's sort of blown up in phases where it was just like, it had a thousand subscribers forever. And then one day I woke up and it was like 20,000 and you're like, this is insane. And then it's just sort of like one day you wake up and it's 100. And you're like, what happened? Uh, and so I'm constantly shocked by the, way that it, uh, by the way that it continues to grow.
0: Yeah, I think I heard about the channel. I was watching, it was either a Matt Santoro video or a Rob Dyke video. And one of them shouted you out or, or linked to something. And then that's, that's how actually I found the channel. So it's kind of crazy. Awesome,
2: how- yeah. It would have been it would have been Rob. Rob has been amazing. I've done like two things with Rob, and he's like so supportive, and he's been amazing. Like when he had a few hundred subscribers, and now he's got you know over two million. So
0: yeah, I, I feel like YouTube is becoming this community where lots of these top channels are all sort of working together to make a uh, a community for people to thrive in, and it's almost like it's not even like you know, that you really owe these people something like people are just finding what you, what creators do interesting and everyone's just collaborating and connecting. And I think that's really cool.
2: Yeah, no, it's amazing. I, mean, I think that, you know, there's a real natural inclination once you've developed a, you know, an audience and a platform yourself to want to kind of pay that forward and, and sort of try to, you know, prop up the people that are kind of where you just were. Uh, and Cause there's no harm. I mean, there's so, like, Helping someone else out doesn't, you know, mean less people are ever going to watch your video. Uh, so I think the the whole platform kind of just rewards people just being good to each other, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and where do you where do you kind of see this future of content creation going? Or you know, especially something like YouTube and how it just keeps growing and growing and all these new ideas. You know, do you do you really feel like? it's ever going to hit a ceiling or is there's just always room to, to grow. And there's just so many different people doing things on it. You stole my question. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, well, first of all, very rude of you to steal your friend's question. I,
0: I, I actually have this written down on a piece of paper. So you know, he didn't. So. so
2: therefore it's, it's really your question to begin with.
0: Yeah, he read it. He read it off of my paper. I,
2: I really didn't. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's going to be sort of an interesting moment that I, that I think is sort of a beachhead that we're getting to where, um, you know, YouTube has put a lot of money into trying to turn their biggest stars, their biggest creators into more mainstream celebrities. Because even though, you know, the biggest channels on YouTube have, you know, tens of millions of subscribers – um, and, and a huge and meaningful audience, they're still sort of not recognized often sort of outside of that platform as, um, you know, people with talent and influence. And it's, it's very strange that Disconnect sort of continues to exist despite, you know, the, you know, wrapping of some subway stations in New York or, or they did it in Toronto. And now there's tons of ads up in Toronto all about promoting um, – you know, Lily Singh and promoting dude perfect. Like I see eight of them as I walk home from work. Um, But I think YouTube remains like extremely dense and difficult to navigate for just like a casual person. And so the, the, as big as it is and as seemingly kind of unstoppable as it is, it's a very sort of impenetrable ecosystem for just like a casual person wanting to sort of find something that they're interested in that isn't like a video that their mom shared with them on on Facebook. And so I think like that's their sort of big challenge right now is to sort of find a way to flatten the platform a bit because otherwise it just continue to become like a this more and more niche thing for kind of the same demographic that's already there. Um and that's not like going to be sort of successful in the long term. Um because you know the the ad rates are are sort of great for people like me but not great for like you know the viacoms of the world It's so will continue to have sort of difficulties getting like recognizably mainstream content on it as a platform um and so i think all that'll kind of have to get sorted out somehow in the next couple of years for the like super long-term viability of youtube that's i think i've worked through that i think that's how i feel about the future of youtube <laughs> yeah the,
1: i always wonder myself you know, I'd, you know i I. No, uh a world without YouTube, and now a world with YouTube. It's same thing with like, thinking about certain. You know, I don't, I don't. Know about you guys like, I don't really watch television very much anymore. And I figured, like, where would TV, you know, TV wouldn't go anywhere. And now most people are they're streaming and they're they're finding their content on on the internet and stuff. And I just always wondered, like, will YouTube like taper out? You know, it was it is it, um, just the thing or.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't even have cable. I just have. I have Netflix, Hulu, and YouTube. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I have. That's what yeah. I watch. So it's it's a crazy. What a time to be alive. Yeah, it's,
1: just,
2: it's, really <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. And, and everyone always thinks they're like living in the future. Uh, you know, like I'm reading a book right now called The Master Switch, all about the. It's the, the subtitle is like the rise and fall of information empires, and the opening quote in the book is like. We are undoubtedly living in the future. Like, everyone thinks they're in the future, but this right now is the future, and it's a quote from, like, 1912. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> had, like, a telegraph convention, you know? I mean, everyone thinks that it's never going to change and, and that whatever is popular now is permanent. It's just never It's never true. It's never been true. It'll never be true. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want that sort of, sort of along those lines. I know there was a point when, this Exist, I guess, was canceled, right? And, and uh, the people revolted, and they won the revolt, and This Exist came back. Um, so how do you think that crowdfunding and things like Patreon and Indiegogo and, and just all these different platforms where it basically puts, it almost puts the, the action in, in the audience's hands, uh, how do you think that changes the game for creators?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love Patreon. I think it's an amazing platform. I, I think crowdfunding is like so exciting. And when used responsibly is like an amazing mechanism for, um, for creators of, of all kinds in every discipline. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned it, you know, the show was originally this sort of work project and then, uh, they didn't really want it to work anymore, but, uh, you know, I had, uh, sort of a. Kind enough boss that I was able to basically buy the channel from them for like next to nothing, which is super rare. I mean, you see that all the time. You see with you know major people like Grace Helbig losing her channel, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, It's rare for media companies to behave so morally, Uh, (laughs) and you know, it's difficult because the show isn't. uh, You know, it was it was sort of conceived as something that, you know, I could write and deliver, but that I'm not a great editor, so you know, there's this amazingly talented guy jim who's been editing the show and i was like oh, i don't want to just like i want to keep making this but like i cannot keep doing this on my own and it's like really it takes a lot of time to to write and research and then edit an episode and so it was like really the only way we can do this is we if know we're, if we're going to be making a few bucks so we launched this patreon campaign kind of at the suggestion of everyone in the comments which was amazing and it was super Successful, and we've been sort of incredibly fortunate to have uh, a wonderful group of people that's kind of been supporting us for at this point the better part of a year. Uh, and I think it's amazing that um, people are able to find audiences and make, you know, meaningful stuff for them without having to sort of compromise it. Uh, for purely commercial purposes even so you know if you want a bigger audience you can still do that but um you know people can find these like viable niches that allow them to keep making their art whatever it is was it whether it's you know their music or their uh, or their comic or their podcast or their youtube channel um and it, and i just think it's like remarkable that i, I think you're getting sort of more marginalized voices and just more sort of creative out there, uh, sort of media ac- across all these different platforms because of the ability to, you know, actually reach out and support someone at a time when like, I don't pay a lot for any of this stuff. You know what I mean? You're saying it's like I have Netflix that costs me like seven bucks a month. I have like a Google play music subscription. That's like 10 bucks a month. I'm not paying very much for all of the media that I consume. And so I'm happy if there's a podcast I love to like give them five bucks a month just to be like, I always want this podcast to be there. Um, you know, and I think it's kind of unfortunate when someone like Zach Braff starts like a Kickstarter and like pretends he needs people's money because like he has access to a studio system. Uh, and that's where I think it's like dodgy and unfortunate, but mostly I just think it's like a, a remarkable system.
0: Hey, if someone wanted to give us five bucks a month to do our <laughs> podcast, that would be five more dollars a month than we're making off this. So,
2: I yeah, guess you that's guys the goal, it, though. Like, honestly, it's amazing, and like, that's the thing is like if five people donate it's like great you can like buy yourself a pizza and a 2-4 you know
0: <laughs> nice I know you, you said you had uh, half an hour we're a little over it um so I'll give you well,
2: we like, yes yeah, so let's like you do like another five minutes or whatever let's chat
0: oh, okay well if you're having fun then we'll keep we'll, we'll go another five minutes well I have okay so we have 24 more questions <laughs> yes uh- we,
2: we just pulled out the <laughs> scroll <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just like uh,
3: we do rapid fire. Well, Tim, we already covered the uh, where's your grandma from question. Yeah, that so was, uh, was <laughs>
1: that's usually uh, the first question they ask. But, you know. <laughs> Who's
0: your
3: dad? You oh, know? okay. What I, got,
1: I got a question. Um, Vor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, right?
0: <laughs> I made sure to show them that right before we started it. And you couldn't have said it any better. It's, it's very
1: timely because I, I, before Justin showed me the video, I too recently found out about it like just I don't know a couple of days ago and I don't really know how I found it. it's like one of those things where you think back on how you found something out and it's just like it's so weird I I don't know what I who I was talking to or what I was what dark depth of the it internet I changed was your in life. yeah and I'm just like well I you know I guess to quote your YouTube channel this does exist like this exists now thank I know, you
0: right. <laughs> and you said nothing <laughs> in the video Natural. so here's your chance. <laughs>
1: I think he's still saying. I think, I think it's he, his statement still stands.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. <laughs> fair, no, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Because I mean, all we can say was yeah, just why. Just why watching the videos? Because I, I found out about it, but I didn't. I didn't know. I'd never seen like animations of it.
3: <laughs> I mean, you, I, I happen to know an animator, and I know how time-consuming that really is, especially when you're talking about all the colors and the detail. And that took someone a very long time to make. And that just upsets me even more. <laughs> all right, we need, we need a new it's question. It's for sure
2: yeah. no joke. Like it, is, it is honestly shocking. Like, you're like, this is like... This was your life, for sure, for like weeks. This was all you focused
0: yeah. on. I almost unsubscribed. I mean...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess bottom line, is people like what they like. I can't judge. I mean, I, I could, I no, guess. No, we could, we could definitely I judge. I could judge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't really say anything. I mean, hey, more power to them, I guess. But.
0: So so with with that being said, you you have you have spoken about and and shown a lot of crazy things through the videos of this exist. So putting vor aside and, and please mm-hmm. put it put it far away. what is what is one of the the craziest or weirdest things that you encountered or just research that you found yourself digging through and and putting out an episode? Like what's something that will forever? Uh, unfortunately haunt you
2: (laughs) oh that's a good one yeah i mean the vor one was definitely weird i will say so so uh i I did a video about iruguru which is like this sort of japanese art movement short for erotic grotesque nonsense (laughs) um and uh it, it, it sort of had all stemmed from uh this sort of weird lecture that i went to in toronto there's this like really cool um old movie theater called the royal and they do all these like weird kind of events so they had this this sort of uh woman an academic who had studied all this sort of japanese cinema giving this speech about um about this movement and showing clips from these movies and like and I, I was just like this is the craziest thing i've ever seen <laughs> and then like went home and just like could not stop reading about it and it's just like it's 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 this is like immensely horrifying imagery and just like uh just extremely sort of demented films um and and ultimately like very troubling images sort of being thrown at you uh constantly and so uh, uh that one that one for sure like when i close my eyes sometimes like behind <laughs> my eyelids i'm seeing like some horrifying your guru film absolutely <laughs> I mean, no. is,
0: was there ever anything that you were like wow this is so insane i i can't even put this on the channel yeah, like I said,
1: that was my that was my gonna follow that was a follow-up question i was gonna have was like is there anything that you found out but you just never made a video on because of <laughs> reasons <But> yeah
2: because <laughs> yeah, it's just too much i mean there's like some stuff that that uh you know, like I'm trying to figure out a way to cover, you know, the, the video that I actually just published uh, today on the day that we're sort of taping this uh, is uh, all about like vigilante pedophile hunters on YouTube. And so it's like kind of a weird one uh, where it's like not just like, oh, you know, isn't this crazy, uh, you know? friggin there's there's uh white power rappers uh so talking about sort of people who are hunting pedophiles like uh, in their spare time is like a, a weird um you know more sort of morally ambiguous one uh so like that that was one that like took me a while to sort of get around to the idea of uh i sort of talking about i'm trying to think i don't think there's a lot that i wouldn't do um, you know, like I know a lot of the people that are watching it are like a little younger. And so I, I've tried to dial back on like my swearing and stuff recently. Um, but besides not saying the F word, like quite as frequently, I don't, I don't, think there's, I don't think there's much that's like too far. I want to do a thing about otherkin, but I don't want to like just make fun of other kin. Uh, you yeah, no, that's it. I don't I'll, I'll do anything. I'm, I'm cool. I'm edgy like that.
0: Should, should we not Google what otherkin is?
2: No, go ahead, man. Go crazy. Learn all about other kids. You know, what? I <laughs> I
0: feel like I did know what that was because I've definitely heard it before, and I probably looked at it and was like, yeah, let's forget this. Your Google
3: search history is going to be
0: his grandmother <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and <the> other <laughs> kid. It's it's quite questionable. What? Yeah. If the, if the FBI, me. if the FBI were to seize your computer, you might you might be in trouble. Oh,
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah I've heard of these folks. Never heard of this. This is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> You should tell them just just to
2: live, people live incognito. That's like the only oh. way.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, other We kids.
3: had one of them on. St- we had someone on Staten Island last year. Do you remember? Yes. The girl who was uh, she was a a
0: a our dog and her boyfriend was the master. Yeah. Yeah,
3: man. that thing man like reader. all
2: types, man. All types welcome. It's going to make fun of everybody, but it's also like, you know, it is what it is.
3: Um, have you seen any good, uh, sitcoms later, uh, lately, like particularly any about Hitler
0: that you, uh, would like to talk (laughs) about? You know, it's funny you should ask that. (laughs) (laughs) I sent that video to to Patrick a few months ago because you're, you're a German history major, right? Yes. I
3: studied history and I kind of focused on German history in college. So, so I sent him
0: the Nazi Donald Duck one and, and I just showed him the Hitler one. Um, so I was like, "Wow, this is right up your alley." <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm glad I could be making something for someone with such specific interest. That's,
1: that's really- <laughs> yeah, that's perfect.
3: There yeah. really, actually, there is a. I don't know if you would just call it a sitcom, but there's on. Uh, I think it was on Netflix in Germany. There's a, a new show that kind of it's the same concept. Obviously, not as sitcommy. Like I don't think there's any laugh tracks, <laughs> but. Um, in German, it's based on a book in German called Erst wieder da which is like, look who's back and it's Hitler in a modern setting and he's like, he works in an office and this is in Germany too
0: and yeah I, I That's feel amazing like, <laughs> I feel like these things are usually reserved for like, like sort of religious sort of things where it's like, let's place Jesus in a modern setting in today's world <laughs> or, you know, what would it be like to be you know, take a caveman and put him, and then Germany was like, "No, let's bring Hitler back <laughs> and let's throw him in an office building," and uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's kind of crazy.
2: I mean, just yeah, much much respect to the Germans for always taking everything too far. You know, like it's uh, it's good. It's a, prou- a proud history.
0: <laughs> All right, so I guess that was I guess that was a good uh, five minutes. Is is there? Anything else that, that you want to – any other knowledge that, that you want to drop on us or, or tell us about or anything that's happening? I feel like
2: we've happening? covered the complete extent of my knowledge. Beyond this, I am uh, devoid of any knowledge. No, <laughs> it's a real, a real, uh, a real pleasure chatting, guys. I, I, I appreciate you uh, taking time and looking up my fascinating, uh, you know, Jaws musical history. I think, that's, I think that's the most
1: fantastic thing
0: I've ever heard. Well, by the way, yeah. And what's the name of your punk band? Give your give your band a um, plug. Uh,
2: my band is called Junior Battles.
0: Junior Battle. Junior
3: Battles. And, and
2: that's featuring uh, Giant Killer Shark co-star Aaron Zorgel as <laughs> oh, well. Okay. So it's like you, you kind of get a sense of the Junior Battles or the the Giant Killer Shark experience. <laughs> <laughs> it is
0: it is a must. It is now a must hear.
2: Oh yeah, because yeah. Get into it, man.
0: All right, so we'll we'll check it out, and thank you, yeah. thank you so much for joining yeah, us. This is, this has been this is, fun. it's a lot of fun for,
2: yeah, for guys, us. Thank you so much for your time. I think it's cool what you're doing. So stoked to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, man, this this does exist. So th- <laughs> thank you good for one. existing and and, and and doing what you do.
2: Awesome,
1: man. Thank you very much. All, All right, right, have a good night. Have a good night. Yeah, cheers, guys. Have a good one. See right, Bye. All right. So I guess we gotta fly him to the, bring him to the airport now. Right? Yeah. yeah,
0: that was Sam Sutherland of This Exists. Let's let's get a little clap. That was a really good podcast. That was that probably one of the ready, but... Do, do we? I gotta find a, uh, an applause track. Yeah. to Throw in here. Applause <laughs> um, <laughs> and air horn. That no. was fantastic. That was one of the best podcasts I think. They-
1: wow, a way yeah. to downplay everybody else yeah. that's been on the
0: podcast. Yeah, I mean they they've been good, but they haven't been Sam good.
1: Because I think I feel. Just kidding, everyone. Kenny, you are all right. I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> twice. I'm, yeah, twice. A uh, missed opportunity to, to kind of like tell him. Uh, uh, yeah, that I really appreciate what he does because, like, every now and then, like, I'll be on the internet and I'll just be, I'll fall down some rabbit hole, yeah. and I'm, and, and i I'm, I'm literally sitting there saying out loud, "I can't believe this exists." Yeah. And you know, I knew about the channel. I and and you know, it was just. Perfect it, does, it hits exactly you know what you want and it's, but it hits it in all the right places. Yeah. It's like don't, that's what everyone wants to know, just the darkest, deepest secrets of, of.
0: tell me the recesses of your soul. Yeah, yeah. It's,
3: it's pretty dark. It gets pretty dark.:
0: If you're looking to sponsor or take out an ad on this podcast, contact me, Justin, on Twitter at j Saraciik underscore J. S A R A C H I K underscore P O F on Twitter. Hit me up and we'll talk. So, post hardcore is having a very nice little revival here, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> everyone's yeah. everyone's everyone's favorite band seem to be coming back. Tomorrow we are going to see let's, date, let's
1: date this. This is April the 14th.
0: Today is April 14th. Tomorrow the Thursday. April the 15th. We are going to see Under Road. Actually, they're Under.
1: playing in New York right now. Yeah, that's right. right now. The PlayStation Theater. So yeah, tomorrow
0: uh, tomorrow we're gonna see them at Starland Ballroom. They will be playing They Are Only Chasing Safety and Define the Great Line. Right? Back to back. Um I I'm actually very worried for my well-being about going to the show tomorrow. Just just watching their comeback videos has been um, visually assaulting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not that the band is bad, it's just the the people the, the, that the are, people are in these crowds. Just going bananas. I'm too old I, for this. I, I, I consider myself a bit of a um, a baby when it comes to going to shows. <laughs> I don't, I've We're never, not moshers. Yeah, we kind of we're the ones that like stand in the back and like look yeah. stern, but we're really enjoying ourselves.
0: We're not the hardcore kids. We're the ones who get pissed when the people moshing keep bumping into us but then we still stand there (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of what we do and then um so then and then we're seeing thrice in june thrice in june June. and a
1: new album's coming out really quick that soon that's may may 27th and
0: and then pat and i are seeing brand new in july were they on a hiatus with modest mouse were they brand new does this wonderful thing where they go away for like three years and then all (laughs) of a sudden they come on facebook and they're like Okay, we're playing three shows, and then they're sold out. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounds like us, minus they do, the sold out part. They don't yeah. even finish the status. The shows are sold out. They, they make a crap load of money, and then they go away for like two years. There
1: you go. So sure, we,
0: we caught them on one of their springs of coming back. Apparently, they have a, a new record that they're coming out, but I'm really excited. Under Oath, Brand New, Thrice, three of my favorite bands, and I get to see them in a row.
3: Three minutes that I've never seen live uh, Yeah. You I, haven't I've seen, never either, seen any, any of them? I've, yeah.
1: only, I've only seen Under Oath once. And, and it wasn't even the, this lineup. It's pretty exciting. The OG. Right yeah. Now. Well, I mean, I guess hardcore fans would argue.
0: Oh, it was, it was the, the <laughs> other drummer. What's his name? David?
1: No, no, no. no. What's his, Aaron's always the drummer, but I meant the other guitarists, the other bass player.
3: Oh, wait, it's all new guys? <clears throat>
1: No, 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 like Under Oath before, they're only chasing safety. Oh. Oh, oh I see what you're oh, saying. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come on, Dylan. I was trying to dig deep. Yeah,
0: we're, we're not digging deep. Right. Actually, Joey has seen that Under Oath.
1: I know. He's in a, didn't you say he's in a YouTube, like a, a video? Uh, he has a
0: YouTube video of Under Oath from like that's 2001. Right, yeah. yeah, He doesn't have the one where. where you can't hear anything. Man. Okay. All right. It's like just. And bad. it just blurs out the whole. <laughs> everything. <laughs> We'll we'll find it. We'll, yeah, right. we'll uh, th- this does exist. Yeah. <laughs> does. Sorry, sorry, Sam. We'll call up we're we're, ju- we're really just gonna ruin your show with this exist jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and thrice and and brand new is super fun, and we do have one of. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a really New York thing. You guys's favorite bands, <laughs> The Deer Hunter.
1: Oh yeah. That's right. We're gonna be interviewing. Casey Crescendo, of oh, yeah. the deer hunter. That's awesome. Dylan's Very voice
0: exciting. got so tender, as we
3: mentioned it. <laughs> you can tell how excited <laughs> he is. Well, we actually had the privilege of seeing him perform last Wednesday Yeah. at uh, well, the I Bell just, House in Brooklyn. That was just last Brooklyn. Wednesday. That, that was last Wednesday. Friday, was last Wednesday. Wednesday. I know. What's the Sunday. date? What's the date? Uh, well, well uh, that was uh, the uh, 6th, I believe? Yeah. I the, 6th. 6th. yeah. the 6th. April 6th. Yeah. And it was Casey and Andy Hull from Manchester Orchestra. And Nathan um M.
1: Oh, this is bad. If he's any, any he fans? was really good too. Yeah,
3: yeah. I wa- I've been meaning to download his record since then, but three all three of them played acoustic. They didn't play with the whole bands behind them, and they all put on really good shows in different ways too, right? Yeah. I felt like the first guy was engaging, just his dynamics. He were kept really... he
1: definitely kept it going. Yeah, he did most of his banter while playing. Yeah, depending on if the crowd was like rowdy. Enough. <laughs> I think the problem was, um, a lot like us a lot of people got to that show super early. Yeah. So they just got a lot of drinks in them. Yeah. So they were very rambunctious. True. Yeah. And the fact that it was an acoustic act yeah. made it like any downtime, anybody that whispered anything you could be him. heard from across mm-hmm. the room. So it was like, it was very weird to kind of like... And from the stage. Or... Yeah, yeah. So it's
0: like, I, I love acoustic stuff from from like some of your favorite bands or artists because you really just see the, the, or hear the bare bones of the song. And it mm-hmm. almost makes it like it's almost like you're hearing a completely brand new song and not, not the band brand new song <laughs> yeah well even brand new acoustic is is phenomenal too because you're essentially just getting a track a different way uh from your favorite artist and it you know and if they pull it off well it, it sounds great like there's a lot of people who do acoustic stuff of songs that shouldn't be done acoustic mm-hmm. and you know it kind of stinks but people like Dustin from thrice and and, you know, Aaron from Under Oath and, and I guess JC, uh, JC, Jesse, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse Lacey. That's what I did <laughs> from brand new. Like these guys have good voices and they could sit there with the guitar and, and make some magic, which is really fun for me. So I'm sure <laughs> Casey, it was the same exact thing.
1: Yeah. And it, for me, I, I, I'm not as familiar with, um, Andy Hull, or or even his even Manchester Orchestra, so to kind of feel it in a very way, uh, strip, stripped back way, stripped stripped back way. It was very uh, it was a very it was a lot of fun. It was, it was really cool. Yeah, a lot of a lot of rambunctious people at yeah. that show. Yeah, we will talk to Casey about it. Undoubtedly, that's, uh, that's definitely one of the things that. Uh, He's got to remember. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Remember by the time know? the tour is over. Yeah. So.
0: And, and what about us? We we are coming back for our first show, in a very long time. Yeah. On May fourteenth, everybody, at the hashtag bar. This is
1: really not going to work if someone's listening to this May fifteenth. <laughs>
0: well, this is going to be out before May fifteenth. On May fourteenth <laughs> at the hashtag bar, a uh, process of fusion returns for the first time in like eight months. Yeah. Uh. And we're going to play some new songs, right? That's right, we are. What what songs? They're they called Foxholes, uh, The Circular, right? Those are the two new Those songs. the two
1: new ones. Foxholes, comma, The Circular. Yes. Foxholes, Yeah, Fox Holes, the yeah, circular. yeah,
0: sorry. <laughs> and then we may hit you with some old stuff. But old Yeah, old stuff. we've been in the studio, as we've said on other episodes, uh, recording. We have four songs kind of done, right? And the foundation for some other stuff. Shout out to uh, Nick from Zinn. Which we, records we will absolutely get on this podcast. this, yeah, we, this, we this guy
1: to. is yeah he's he's a, he's awesome he's a lot of fun very talented um can we broadcast from fun shows say <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah, yeah, shout I'm out sure. to fun shows too can we <laughs> <for a feel laughs> get a can we get a fun shows
3: endorsement fun
1: shows alone feels the recording of this record for every burrito <laughs> we've put away goes to every note that we hit on <laughs> And every dormant milkshake that just oh God. sits in the studio not uh, being drank.
0: That that sounds that sounds like it, lyrics to a song. Like uh, for every dormant milkshake. It's gonna be now. Could be like a Fallout Boy
3: it song title. Yeah.
1: Looking at you, Pete Wentz. <laughs>
3: does he write the lyrics? <laughs> yeah, he
0: does. He does. get out of here, really? Yeah. Most of them, yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay. So uh all right, what are what are our closing thoughts for the podcast?
1: Um it's a good episode. Sam's a great dude. Really glad I can get him to New York.
0: <laughs> yes, Sam, you, you have to come to New York, man, and hit us up. We won't be able to introduce you to the Wu Tang Clan, but we can get you a nice slice of pizza. Yeah, <laughs> we we could take him to WoHop. Oh,
1: yeah, that's that's like that's like our kind of uh, what's the word? Like if ever we have anybody cool coming from out of state, that's like our. Um, can You guys help
3: me. I'm trying. to... I am like, not know. like sure th- you're it's at.
1: like our. It's kind of like our welcome to the city kind okay.
0: of. It's our landmark restaurant. Sure, yeah, okay. And Sam, if we go to Canada or Toronto, you have to get us some cheese curds and gravy. You have to show us the best Isn't spot. That, Is that Montreal? I don't know. I, is mean,
3: it? I get schooled, bro. I mean, I, th- I know it's a thing in Montreal. I don't know if it's a thing in Toronto. It might be. You might be right.
0: You can listen to the band vs. artist podcast on YouTube. Just search "Process of Fusion" and you'll find their channel. Or you can stream or download the entire thing at processoffusion.bandcamp.com. And uh, check out the other episodes. We got a lot of great conversations and a lot of great things going on. So check it out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. So again, this was the band versus artist podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Patrick.
1: I'm Dylan. Dealing... That was so dumb. I can't believe we just did that. Is there an air horn? No, I don't have that ready.
3: Oh, it's all right. We're keeping we're keeping
0: keepin that outro live. But we'll, uh, I
1: don't even
0: have the ad next anymore. time. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time about the cool shows that we're seeing, and, and hopefully we we'll ha- we have some more awesome guests. As I said, we have Casey from the Deer Hunter. We have my friend Tim Trudeau from Syntax Creative uh, talking to Speech Thomas of the legendary hip-hop group uh, Arrested Development. And uh, I believe there's some others, but I won't reveal everything yet. So, this is us signing off. Peace out. Peace.